0: served the poor and uninsured. Carrie felt proud to be a part of that mission, but lack of funding was a constant frustration. In her opinion, the omnipotent budgeting committee relied too heavily on cheap labor to fill the budget gap, which explained why fourth and fifth-year residents basically ran the show whenever they rotated through BCH. Attending physicians, those docs who had finished residency, were supposed to provide oversight, but they had too much work and too few resources to do the job. If the constant budget shortfalls had a silver lining, it could be summed up in a single word, experience. With each BCH rotation, the hours would be long, the demands exhausting. But Carrie never groaned or complained. She was getting the best opportunity to hone her skills. Thank goodness Chambers University did its part to fund the storied healthcare institution, which had trained some of Boston's most famous doctors, including the feared but revered Dr. Stanley Metcalfe, staff neurosurgeon at the iconic White Memorial Hospital. For now, the doors to BCH were open, the lights on, and people like Beth Stilwell could get exceptional medical care, even without exceptional insurance. So far, Beth had been a model patient. She'd spent two days in the hospital, and in that time, Carrie had had the pleasure of meeting both her sister and her children. Carrie prepped for Beth's surgery, wondering when having a family of her own would fit into her hectic life. At twenty-nine, she had thought it might happen with Ian, her boyfriend of two years, but apparently her dedication to residency did not jibe with his vision of the relationship. She should have known when Ian began referring to his apartment as Carrie's on-call room that their union was headed for rocky times. At half past eleven, Carrie was on her way to scrub when Dr. Michelson stopped her in the hallway. Two cases of acute lead poisoning just rolled in, he announced. Carrie smiled weakly at the dark humor. Two gunshot victims needed the OR. We can do Miss Stillwell at five o'clock, Michelson said. It was not a request. Working at one of New England's busiest trauma hospitals meant that patients often got bumped for the crisis of the moment and Dr. Michelson fully expected Carrie to accommodate him. Carrie would have been fine with his demand regardless. Her social calendar had been a long string of empty boxes ever since Ian called things off. During the relationship vortex, Carrie had evidently neglected her apartment as well as her friends, and it would take time to get everything back to pre-Ian levels. Carrie agreed to move Beth's surgery, even though she had no real say in the matter. The time change gave Carrie an opportunity to finish the rest of her rotations on the neurosurgical floor. She met with several different patients and concluded her rounds with Leon Dixon, whom Dr. Metcalf had admitted as a private patient that morning. She would be assisting Dr. Metcalf with his surgery the next day. Carrie entered Leon's hospital room after knocking and found a handsome black man propped up in his adjustable bed, drinking water through a straw. Leon was watching Antiques Roadshow with his wife, who sat in a chair pushed up against the bed. They were holding hands. Leon was in his early fifties, with a kind but weathered face. Hi, Leon. I'm Dr. Carrie Bryan. I'll be assisting with your operation tomorrow. How are you feeling today? (laughs) I'm Phyllis, Leon's wife. He's feeling pretty crappy, is what he's trying to say. Carrie shook hands with the attractive woman who had gone from being a wife to a caregiver in a matter of weeks. The heavy makeup around Phyllis's tired eyes showed just how difficult those weeks had been. Carrie had yet to review Leon's films, but was not surprised about his speech problems. The chart said he'd presented a phasic. She doubted he'd stuttered before, but she was not going to embarrass him by asking. Leon, could you close your eyes and open your mouth for me? Carrie asked. Leon got his eyes shut, but his mouth stayed closed as well. Carrie sent a text message to Dr. Nugent in radiology. She wanted to look at his film's stat. He has a lot of trouble following instructions, Phyllis said as she brushed tears from her eyes. Memory and temper problems, too. Something is going on in Leon's left temporal lobe, Carrie thought. Probably a tumor. Carrie observed other symptoms as well. The right side of Leon's face drooped slightly, and his right arm drifted down when he held out his arms in front of him with his eyes closed. His reflexes were heightened in the right arm and leg, and when Carrie scraped the sole of his right foot with the reflex hammer, his great toe extended up to-